You sucked that guy's dick? Yeah, how do you think I knew that he... Wait, but you said you only had sex with three different guys. You never mentioned him. Because I never had sex with him. You sucked his dick. We went out a few times. We never had sex, but we fooled around. Oh, my God. Why did you tell me you only had sex with three different guys? Because I did only have sex with three different guys. That doesn't mean I didn't just go with people. Oh, my God. I feel so nauseous. Sorry, Dante. I thought you understood. I did understand. I understood that you had sex with three different guys, and that's all you said. Please calm down. How many? Dante. How many dicks did you suck? How many? Shut up a second, and I'll tell you. Jesus. I didn't freak out like this when you told me how many girls you fucked. This is different. This is important. How many? Well? Something like 36? What? Something like 36? Who are you, boys? Wait, what is that anyway, something like 36? Does that include me? I'm 37? I'm going to class. Oh, my God. 37. My girlfriend sucked 37 dicks. In a row? Hello again, and welcome to another episode of 1001 by 1, where we take a film out of the book, 1001 Movies You Must See Before You Die, discuss it, analyze it, and ultimately decide whether or not it should be in the book. My name is Adam St. John. And my name is Ian Woodington. And as we always do, we're going to give you some recommendations this week. I think we've both kept it to this director of the film we're talking yeah. today, uh, but we've had the same recommendation the past couple of weeks, so I don't know who wants to go first. Would you like to go first? Sure, I'll go first. Okay, what I have what I think is Kevin Smith's best film Ooh. as my, my recommendation. So here we go. Some, some hot takes straight out of the gate. I have Red State. Now, I have not seen this. No. So I would like to hear a little bit about it. Okay. So uh, Red State is really the first dramatic film that Kevin Smith made. I mean, he he's had the uh, he had all his Viewisk Universe type of films. I mean, yep. I guess he dipped into some more serious territory with, with Jersey Girl, but ultimately Jersey Girl is still kind of a comedy. Um, is that a serious movie? It's got, well, the the wife dies at the beginning. And oh, it's okay. all about him navigating, trying to be a single parent, okay. know, a widower, and, and I whatever. Gotcha. But I got gotcha. um, Red State is is definitely the darkest thing that he's ever done. So we have these three high school kids, and uh, this movie's from 2011. It's not that old, but their sort of interactions have not aged well. They're living in some, uh, I think they're in some southern state or some Midwest state. And, uh, you know, they're all very, very horny and they got to you know, oh, get laid. And, of course, as and you do. One of them finds uh, there's this dating app or this, you know, get laid app. And they oh, find God. this woman that's willing to bang all three of them. And uh, they go there. And, of course, they are rendered unconscious and wake up in a Westboro Baptist-type church scenario where they are going to be uh, ritualistically executed by... Uh, what what the hell's that guy's name? The the Westboro guy who died. The the, the do you remember his name? Oh God, the Phelps. Lead, Phelps. Yeah, very very Phelps type character who okay. was played uh, exceedingly well by Michael Parks. Yep. Uh, who some people might know from some Quentin Tarantino films and and uh, a great character actor who's unfortunately no longer with us. But he is leading this sermon, 
And as I said, he's going he's gonna to execute these boys to make examples of them and, and show the, the degradation of society and such. And there's, there's a scene at the beginning of the film where they drive past a funeral of a young gay man that's been killed. And they're, of course, they're out there with their, yep, their very, signs. Very and, Phelps, yep. yeah. Very, very Phelps. And uh, the film devolves into a sort of Waco scenario. Uh, great cast. A lot of, a lot of TV actors in this thing melissa leo is also in it Cat. as one of uh one of michael park's daughters uh of course as she always does uh, kevin smith's wife pops up as as one of his kids as well uh, john goodman is the uh, dea agent who leads this sort of waco scenario there's a, there's a lot of uh faces from from television and things like that. smaller cast but still still very it feels like a, an ensemble piece and uh, man this movie is just relentless from the I mean it really feels like an intense race against time. I don't know a ton about Waco but they they make references to you really want this to happen again sure and, uh Kevin Pollock has a small role oh, in okay. it as well yeah, yeah. Yeah, he gets shot in the head almost immediately <laughs> okay. which, which well, is great there you have it I mean it's it's still very Kevin Smith in the dialogue I mean it's still got moments of, of genuine hilarity but I mean it's like I said, it's the darkest thing he's ever done, and it's done really well. To, to, he showcases that, hey, I, I'm not just a comedy guy. I'm not just the guy who fills his movie with, you know, you know, dirty conversations. I sure. can yeah. properly do thrillers, and it's just Goodman is, inc- as you would expect him to be. He's yeah. great. Oh, fuck. Fucking Stephen Root's in this thing as well. Uh, maybe one of the best character actors oh, of all time. Oh, incredible. Yeah. I, he yeah. was on, I listened to his, uh, his episode on Marin yeah. uh, a couple months back, and that's essential listening such a great guy to, to listen to nice. Um, nice but yeah i it, it is i genuinely think i don't know that it's my favorite kevin smith movie but it's definitely his best film oh, okay and i would i really highly recommend it because it goes to some places you would not anticipate it going and the the end the fucking end is ingenious and i i just checked it's not available on any streaming service oh. not not even to rent yeah so i i don't Dear listeners, if you can find it, yeah, good on you. Pick it up, yeah, but and, yeah, and put it in your faces. <laughs> awesome. I mean, I, I, I had no idea what it was about. It does sound like I would love it. So yeah, it's great. Um, so I have more of a, uh, um, probably more well known, um, but I, I do love this movie, and it's, it's Dogma. Um. I remember when we did our Life of Brian episode, and yeah, and I, th- we, I think we made some references to to Dogma and some other religious. Well, and we we both we both recommended it, but you you saw that movie earlier than I did, and I think it it means more to you. And I think I think what that did for you, Dogma, is what that's what happened to me. Well, and, and I saw Dogma right around the same time, so okay. I, I I I get it. Yeah, and there was just something. So I mean, if you don't know, I mean, basically, um, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck play these two fallen angels who have been. Uh, banished out of heaven and instead of going to hell they live they they live on earth and um oh, the scene of the, the the walrus and the carpenter oh yeah oh, yeah where God. he's talking so, he's basically trying to get the nun to leave her he, ways he talks he talks to the nun yeah at giving up her habit and yeah don't go ahead and take that money and you buy yourself a nice dress yeah go find yourself a man go find yourself a woman yeah. for for a moment um and uh and so they they've been tipped off at this for this this uh loophole in dogmatic law where basically if they pass through uh this 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 um this arch that's going to be blessed all their souls will be forgiven and then if they die they can go back it to heaven. something dispensation uh, yeah 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 um and so uh George Carlin plays this priest and this is whole thing with Buddy Christ which is very funny 
Um, and very offensive if you're Catholic, I would imagine. Well, because it's a take on the, the Reformation. Yeah. And, yeah. and so um, Jason Lee plays um, Azriel, this demon who, who tips them off to the whole thing. And we've got um, Linda Fiorentino, who plays sort of the lead, Beth, um, who is a, a very distant relative of Jesus Christ. And then we've got Jay and Silent Bob, who help her get through all of the shit. Chris Rock plays the 13th um, Apostle. <laughs> Which is very funny. It was cut out of the Bible. Alan Rickman uh, plays um, the Metatron. The Metatron, yes, the, the voice, voice of God. God. Oh, who he's, is he's the best? He's fucking fantastic he's in the movie. I love the, it, the thing with the angels. They can't drink because they got drunk one night and pissed God off. So now they can just well, taste alcohol and they have to they, spit it they out. They can't. They can't drink because it was when Bartleby and Loki were drunk that Bartleby convinced Loki to burn all the whatever the hell. Yeah, it was yeah. like now they can't drink. Yeah. Um, and I guess I just for somebody who wasn't very religious, I really appreciated um the the satire and everything. But um and Sama Hayek is also in this movie as um Serendipity. And she has this line and, and for me it's always it's always run clear about, you know, how can or um there's no right and wrong because no no one religion has gotten it right. Which just it when I hear that it makes me go like believe in whatever you want to believe, but you've gotta know that people believe in different things and it, it you have to let them everybody has their own thing. And I, I just remember that kind of impacted me even when I was like 13, when I saw this, like no one religion has gotten it right. So we should all just chill out and nobody needs to die over the sake of religion. Well, and Chris Rock has a great line in there that uh, beliefs scare. It's better to have an idea than it is to have a belief. Yeah. 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 And uh, it's just, it's, it's very funny. It's gross at times. Um, but also yeah, I was going to say, I, so I said that red state I think is his best film. I think dogma Minus the Golgothan shit monster is my favorite, favorite Kevin Smith movie. I think it's, it's probably his most intelligently written. I, I yeah, besides I really, the Golgothan shit monster. Yeah, which is I do. And there's I I just I'll end my little my little recommendation by saying one of my favorite stupid parts in the movie is when, um, the bartender is trying to kick Jason Lee out, and he's like, okay, I can only have one drink, one before I go, and the bartender's like, okay, he goes, I'll have a holy bartender. And then he blasts him away with a machine gun. And this is a brutal moment. And like 10 seconds pass. And like they're living in the moment. And then Jay laughs and he goes, holy bartender. I get it. That's a fucking great one. I laugh every goddamn time. Um, I, I love Dogma to pieces. Uh, I, I, and I well, do. Is that Alanis Morissette at yes. the end? Yeah, as, as God. As God. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. It's so great. Um, so so there you go. Those are our Kevin Smith recommendations for our, our Kevin Smith filled episode with the only movie of his in the book. And that is Clerks written and directed by Kevin Smith um, breaking into our cast. The main people um, we're following Dante and, and Randall and that's uh, Brian O'Halloran and Jeff Anderson. Um, some of the supporting characters would be uh, Marilyn Gigliotti, who plays Veronica. Uh, Lisa Spoonauer, who plays Caitlin, those are Veronica is the current girlfriend of Dante, and Caitlin is the former girlfriend of Dante, who he wishes was the current girlfriend of Dante. Um, and then we have, of course, have Jay and Silent Bob. That's Jason Mewes and Kevin Smith. And then we have a lot of people who were involved in this movie in a lot of different ways. Um, Scott Mosier, who ended up being the producer of every single one of Kevin Smith's movies, is and they went they were at film school together. Yeah, in Vancouver. Yep. Yeah. Um, he plays uh, the William the. Uh, I'm reading all these from from IMDb. William the idiot man child, 
angry hockey playing customer and the angry mourner. Um, we also have Walt Flanagan, who plays the woolen cap smoker. He also plays the egg guy, the offended customer, and the cat admiring bitter customer. Again, a, a, like a lifelong friend of um, Kevin Smith. Uh, uh, Ernest O'Donnell plays the, uh, Rick Darris, the trainer. He was supposed to originally be... Um, uh, um, was it Randall? Randall, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, not wasn't much of an actor, so that didn't happen. Um, I don't know if there's anybody else I really want. Oh, except for um, John Henry Westhead plays Olaf, the Russian. I just wanted to give him a little uh, little love. And Kevin Smith's mom is the milkmaid. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Um, who's looking for the perfect carton of milk? The one with the expiration date that'll never expire. Yep, yep. Um, so uh, this is this uh, is the only Kevin Smith film in the book. Um, it is not currently on the IMDb 250. Um, at that surprises me. Yeah, I'm a little surprised by that, considering what a film centric film it is. Yeah, yeah, uh, totally. Yeah, yeah, that's a bit. It yeah, it seems like it should be. Um, uh, so at, at Cannes, though, it won the award of uh, the award of youth, and it won the Mercedes Benz Award. It lost the Golden Camera. Um, at the Independent Spirit Awards, it was nominated for Best First Feature and First Screenplay and Debut Performance for Jeff Anderson. It, it lost all of those. I didn't. Um, I didn't see what won. So it lost. Um, Anderson lost to uh, Sean Nelson, who was in a movie called Fresh, which I have not seen. Yeah. Uh, but it lost feature and first screenplay to David O. Russell's first film. Oh, spanking uh, the monkey. That's right. That's right. I've never seen that. Neither have I. Okay. I'm not a David O. Russell I know fan. You are. I, think he's I know a you fucking are. hack. Yeah, I know you. I know you think that. Douchebag. Uh, <laughs> uh, the uh, New York Films Critics Circle. Um, uh, he was up for Best New Director. He lost that at Sundance. He won the Filmmakers Trophy and he lost the Grand Jury Prize to a film called What What Happened Was dot 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 was directed by Tom Noonan, who is oh a yes, favorite character actor of mine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I just well, I just watched Synecdoche, New York. Oh, I really want to see that. Is it good? I don't like it. Ah, uh, I here, here's my my quick my quick bit about that. Charlie Kaufman is a great writer. I think he needs a director to hone him in. Yeah, because he wrote and directed yeah. Synecdoche, didn't he? Yep. How's uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman in it though? He's got to be good, right? He's good. The movie, the movie is so much whining and pining. Oh, great. It's, I'll look forward to that. Yeah, but Tom Noonan's in it. He I is, love, in and it. I love Tom yeah, Noonan. Yeah, he, he looks like he it. plays a total douchebag. No, he's no, he's not. He, he, oh. he it's weird. He's not a douchebag. It's a, but it's weird. Yeah. He basically, I'm not even trying to fucking explain it. It's he's not a douchebag though. Okay, good. Um, and and just as of a couple weeks ago, Ian, was this film inducted into the National Film Registry? Well, when we're recording it, it's this year. But for everybody listening, yes, it was inducted last year, along with some some other interesting films. Amadeus being one of them. Oh, God, I love Amadeus. The other one, which I haven't seen, I know it holds a special place in a lot of people's hearts. Purple Rain is now in the National Film Registry, <laughs> along with Clerks. I do find that to be... I, I, I can't say I've ever sat down to watch it. I find that a, a bit much, but okay. Yeah. Okay. But don't worry. You will have your opportunity. We are always going to have it. Yes, you're right. I, I, I'm not worried about when I'll see it. There is... um. It did lose an award to Pulp Fiction. Clerk, well, not not Purple Rain. Obviously, Clerks lost an Thank award to, to Pulp Fiction. Lost original screenplay at the Award Circuit Community Awards, where they they rank films. Uh, it tied for eleventh place, and as you know, the National Board of Review do their top ten. They mm -hmm. also do something similar, and Clerks tied for number eleven 
with Dumb and Dumber. Well, there you go. Uh, I I have no comment. I just wanted to throw <laughs> I, it out there I, into the I, ether. All right, cool, cool, cool. Um, <laughs> it has a, an 88 critical and 89 audience, which I think sounds about right. I would guess. Um, do you have any review things you'd like to? I do, but before one last statistic, oh. I think is a really important one. This film was made on a budget of about twenty-seven and a half thousand dollars. Really, one of the smallest budgets ever. I mean, what was a another one that came out this year was uh, Rodriguez. No, a couple of years before Rodriguez's first yeah, feature, El Mariachi. Mariachi, was made for what, like seven grand? Yeah. But yeah, it, uh, Clerks made three million dollars. I really, it was never on more than fifty screens yeah. at one time. It did three million dollars, which is great. Um, yeah, El Mariachi, in a way, really inspired Kevin Smith to yes. go and do this. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, so I have, um, I have Peter Travers' review from the Rolling Stone. I have the same review. Ah, look at that. I go back and forth. Peter Travers has had his moments where he's been a good critic, but he's no, he's no Roger Ebert. No, he's definitely no. Bosley Crowther. Oh, good old Bosley. What, what Bosley Crowther would have thought of Clerks? Uh, very little. Oh, man. I don't I don't know if Bosley Crowther would have been able to handle where cinema went. No. <laughs> I, I think Bosley Crowther would have tapped out probably around the last episode we did. Fair. That's a fair point. Um, so I, I think I just have the opening, but I'll, I'll just read a little bit of this. Um, it can't happen here. Not in the land of the free, but it has. Clerks. A movie with no sex, no violence, and no harm done to animals has been rated NC-17 because of talk. That's all it is. Hilariously profane chatter between two 22-year-old New Jersey clerks. Dante Hicks mans quick-stop groceries. His buddy Randall hassles customers at the porn-heavy video dump next door. Which I can't... Do we know that it's porn-heavy? Or... Like, based on the list that Randall is ordering? Yeah. I would say yes. Okay. Um... Uh, and uh, da, 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 da. Clerks was shot in black and white over 21 days with an all amateur cast. O'Halloran and Anderson deserve to be stars for the mad dog humor and unexpected compassion they bring to their roles. The writer director is Kevin Smith, 23, a first timer who's been dissing the customers as, as a quick stop clerk in Leonardo, New Jersey, since he was 19. Smith had to squeeze his credit cards and sell his comic book collection to raise the pitiful $27,575 it took to honor the wit and wisdom of cash registered jockeys everywhere. It was worth it. Clerks is a pisser. The comedy of end of the year for the slacker in us all. Savvy, smartass, and screamingly fun. Clerks won praise at Cannes, a prize at Sundance, and a pickup from Miramax. We won't talk about who was running Miramax at the time. Okay, you're yes. Well, I will because we. I think we have to. Harvey Weinstein bought this movie. Yeah, he's responsible for the careers of Robert Rodriguez, Quentin Tarantino, and Kevin Smith. Without Weinstein, unfortunately, these guys, they probably still all would have gotten there just One not as quickly as they did. Yeah, and I I'm not, I don't want to make this a long thing, but douchebags have power, and sometimes their power can go to good things. Like getting young and upcoming filmmakers there quicker. Weinstein's still a fuckface. And a piece of shit. Did he, did he do some good things along the way? We have to say yes. Did he do a lot of really shitty things? And does his does his reputation deserve to be smeared for the rest of his life? Absolutely. Yeah. <sighs> but but thanks for giving Kevin Smith a shot. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I I, I do love that review. I love the and the reason I picked it as well is is for 
Peter Travers talking about it getting slapped with the NC-17, which is just fucking absurd. It's so stupid. I, I, I have, he included the, uh, the Jack Valenti quote uh, when he was... Uh, it's, it's part of his review. He says, Jack Valenti, chairman of the Motion Picture Association of America. Valenti was a douchebag which runs the sham ratings board, I'm glad he called it that, has issued a typically feeble defense. And in quotes, there are millions of Americans who become hysterical about the kind of bad language that may be de rigueur around diner tables in the east side of Manhattan, but in the cities and villages and towns across this free and loving land, it's not that way at all. Is it a free and loving land if you're telling people what they can and cannot see? Because that sounds like censorship to me. Yeah, I, I think that that's about right. He was a walking contradiction, and I'm glad he's not with us anymore. <laughs> Fuck that guy. He set this country back. Fuck knows how long with his sham ratings board. Fair. That's fair. Yeah, while well, we're telling people to fuck, Weinstein, Valenti, fuck them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that, that sounds totally good to me. Um, so the, the, the plot... <laughs> Uh, it, I mean, I guess what, it's, what little plot there is. I mean, I I would say if there's a plot to this movie, it, it really revolves around um, the fact that you're not even supposed to be here today. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, basically, yeah, Dante shows up to work. Uh, he, he's called into work because somebody's sick. He's not supposed to work that day, and I, I feel like the, the what what gets us through most of the movie is that um, uh, Dante is dating Veronica. And she seems to be nice. She seems to be caring and compassionate. She brings him lasagna at work. Yeah, I mean, man. who brings you lasagna? Most of the girls just cheat on you. Um, sorry, we're quoting the movie. Um, but he still has a thing for Caitlin. And he finds out that she's getting married. To an Asian design major. Yes. I don't know why that's important. They, they say it a lot. Yeah. Um, but she kind of likes him. Uh, maybe she's not over him yet. Um, and... and <laughs> Dante but she cheated on him furiously. And Dante eight and a half times. Yes. And Dante freaks out when he finds out how many um how many dicks <laughs> Veronica has sucked. 37. 37 in a row. In a row? Ah, uh, that that's pretty fucking funny. That's um, going to be most of this episode, sorry. Yeah, no, it's fine. Um and uh and so but but Caitlin comes back and ultimately fucks the corpse of a guy in the bathroom. She gets catatonic. Um <laughs> And uh, as one does, as one oh, exactly. Um, and uh, uh, Randall thinks he's helping out his buddy by telling by telling Veronica that he's that you know Dante's over you. He's always like Caitlin, and um, and and really it it ends where maybe we think that Dante maybe he'll seize control of his life. Um, and along the way, there's a bunch of funny scenes which we'll talk about. Yeah, this, now. this film has a very sort of series of vignettes. Yes. Sort of feelings about it, you know, uh, just random snippets of conversation they're even, and the, and they're the even abuse titled. that you... They're even titled. Which is the thing I mentioned to you earlier off mic, that IMDb trivia you should always take with a grain of salt and you should do your own research. Um, IMDb would have you believe that Dante is named Dante for... It's, oh, it's a reference yes, to Dante... The Inferno. The Inferno, Dante yeah. Alighieri, passing through all the, the circles, circles of hell. Of hell. Um you can count them, and I will. <laughs> Somebody went on to say that there are nine breaks, nine titles that, that happen in the movie to circle, to symbolize going through the different levels of hell. There are not. If you don't count the name introductions... There are 14, right? Yes, there are 14 of yeah. them. So, uh, IMDb, you're not listening. 
But if you are, remove that piece of trivia because it's full of shit. Well, yeah, I mean, and I get why somebody would want to make that true. It makes it cool and interesting. Yeah. And like, oh, there's another layer to this. Well, the I, titles I, are also completely meaningless. Like Kevin Smith, I, I think the story was that him and Mosier were like in the car on the way to to a premiere. They, they were trying to figure out a way to like break up, like this, to make the scenes you know, to give it that, that feeling of vignettes. And yeah. so they wanted to ha- intersperse these titles. And the, the the way that I think Smith told the story is Mosier was driving and he's just sat there in the passenger seat with a dictionary finding words that vaguely fit. I mean, I think some of them, you know, I think syntax, malaise. Uh, catharsis. Yeah, yeah. Lamentation. Uh, Harbinger is another good one. Yeah. I, there is some, I, I do think that, the, I mean, whether or not they totally fit, I guess who gives a shit, but yeah, but yeah, I, I, they're really just there for, for the purposes of making it feel more episodic. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and I completely forgot uh, to get, the, so they got the NC-17 rating appealed, obviously. Yeah. Do you know who they hired? Dershowitz. Yep. Yep. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know who that is, he was on OJ's defense team. Yes, he was. Whatever that means, yeah. Um, take that, take that for what you will. So, I, I did. I enjoyed watching the uh, snowball effect documentary. It's um, good on the movie. I mean, this the the. Did you have? Do you have the the tenth anniversary? The the three disc DVD. Yeah. I mean, that is a. It is a film course. I mean, you could you could watch that, and you could learning all the information that Smith and Mosier impart over those discs. You could turn around and make your own movie. Yeah. It's, totally, it's, it's great. I think it's a great example of of imparting knowledge and and sharing knowledge and being like, hey, we did this. Yeah, we did this for nothing. What's your excuse? Go out there and make your fucking movie. Yeah, I do. I always love and hate seeing that because it, it it's it's very inspirational, and then I go, well, fuck me, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, I, so, I I've, I've battled that. <laughs> um, so I, I mean, I I I. I guess I'm. I, I mean, I, where do you want to? Where do you start with this? Do you well, just you, talk about the moments you like, or you, you love lists? I do and love. I, and lists. I love lists. Would you like to know where this film falls on certain lists? I I know that it made one of the twenty most overrated films of all time. I have that. I have that whole list. Okay. Do you want to? Oh sure. Yeah. So, it in two thousand six. So it made two lists in two thousand six on uh, Empire, which is a magazine we talk, a British mm-hmm. publication, which yep. I I love very much. I it, do too. It made their top independent films of all time. It was a list of fifty. Uh, Clerks was on there at number four. So okay. That I have the top ten on that. So number one, Reservoir Dogs. Okay. Donnie Darko, number two. Oh, disagree. The original Terminator. Okay. Clerks at number four. Sure. Life of Brian. Okay. The original Night of the Living Dead, the Romero. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Sex, Lies, and Videotape. Okay. Uh, Usual Suspects. Yeah. Sideways. Yep. And Mean Streets. Okay. Uh, I also, because I always do, With Nail and I was on the list at number 18. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the, the, more, the more interesting list, and I feel like this list is supposed to be very incendiary, I haven't read the whole list, but yeah, I, I know. Are you it. familiar with so the, a little bit? So, so premiere again, two thousand six, the twenty most overrated films of all time. Here's the list from uh, number one down to number twenty. American Beauty. At, actually, no, sorry, this list is not in order. It's in alphabetical order. Okay, I apologize. I don't think at least the list. I they didn't rank it from sure. what I saw, so it's in alphabetical order. Anyway, running down alphabetically. Okay. American Beauty. Disagree. An American in Paris. I haven't seen it. Beautiful Mind. Disagree. Chariots of Fire. I haven't seen it. Chicago. Agree. Yeah. Heavily. Yeah. Clerks. 
Easy Rider. Oh, fuck you, Premier. Maybe this is why you're not a magazine anymore. Wow. Uh, Fantasia. Okay. Field of Dreams. I agree. I don't not agree, but if you want an overrated Kevin Costner film, fucking Dances with Wolves. I think a lot of people still preach for that movie. Do they? Yeah, I think so. I'd love to have, I'd love for them to try and convince me that I'm wrong. Uh, Forrest Gump. I go back and forth me on Forrest too. Gump. Oh, me too. Oh, dude. I'm me very too. conflicted about that. We need to do that soon and deal, oh, and deal yes. with this. We should deal with that fucking movie. We should deal with that. Gone with the Wind. Agree. Goodwill Hunting. Disagree. Oh, oh, my. oh. Are you oh, kidding? Yeah. Oh. Bullshit. Fuck you. Robin Williams is breathtaking in that film god damn fuck. absolutely breathtaking yes, you're right premiere is no longer a magazine for this stupid list yeah fuck them uh jules and jim i know that's true foe yeah uh, i haven't seen it yeah uh monsters ball which i've still not seen i you hear know, it's not that bad you know it, I, it, it's over her performance is overrated right um nobody talks about billy bob nobody talks about heath ledger he is fucking awesome in it yeah 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 I, I do want to see it. Yeah. Uh, this one I do agree with, Moonstruck. I Okay, what else? I, I enjoyed it as a movie. I do think it the acclaim it got. It's in the fucking book. It's in the book. Um, Cher beat fucking Glenn Close in Fatal Attraction that year. That's Yeah, that's a big um, no-no. Although, I will say, Olympia Dukakis winning for Best Supporting Actress, I, I think she's quite charming yeah. in the movie. Yeah. And Nick Cage, is he's fantastic, but... He's okay. It is. It is. I do feel the film is definitely overvalued. I, whether I, whether it should be in the top twenty most overrated of all time, yeah. I don't think so. But it's definitely. Yeah. Here's one that's gonna really piss you off because the second I read it, I nearly put my fist through something. Mystic River. Oh my god. This is what I'm talking about. They made this list to be incent, just to be a fucking douchebag. Fuck yeah. I, yep. Nashville. I haven't seen it. Which I I we haven't done an Altman. Yeah. And I would really like to do that one. Uh, Red Shoes, the Powell and Pressburger film. Um, I, I I'm mad on theory because of how much I like uh, Powell Matter and of Life and Dead. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but I haven't seen it. Two thousand one again. Yeah, of course, fucking just doing to be douchebags. Yep. Yeah. And Wizard of Oz. Well, sure. I mean, the movie itself isn't. The movie itself is kind of weird, but it's yeah. You can't whatever. Fuck that. And you can go back and listen to our episode. I think we did a pretty good episode on Wizard of Oz. I think we. Yeah. I think we had the final word on Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Fuck you, Premier. Um, <laughs> anyway, let's get back to Clerks. The Clerks. I just wanted to address that list because it's fucking stupid. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so, let, okay, I'm going to... I, I want to start by saying that the parts of this movie, the comedy is kind of dumb. And, like, really stagey. Like, and, and, I wanna, and I'm starting with almost the way the movie starts, with Dante falling out of the closet. Yeah. No. No. You weren't asleep behind a door that suddenly opened with the you, door ring. You weren't that tired. Like, this, I, 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 don't, I, I don't care that you just closed and you've probably only gotten four hours of sleep. I mean, you're, you're a working dad. You and Melissa are working parents. You know what being tired is. I, yes, I, I still you, find my bed. Have you ever? Yeah, exactly. Have you ever fallen out of a closet? No, never once in my life. Okay, good. Neither have no. I. I mean, I've, I've done crazy <laughs> shifts. I've done 17, 18-hour days, <laughs> been on the road doing travel events. I've done... 15 or 16 days in a row working i mean i i know what it is to be tired never fallen out of a fucking closet and there there are moments like that throughout the movie that yeah. they don't really deter it a lot but i it's hard to go like come on yeah and i, I put that down to being a first feature I, I, yes and, yeah, i agree yeah. i agree um 
Uh, but then there, there are parts of this movie that feel very, very real and lived in. And you can tell that, that this was shit that Kevin Smith did at some point while he was working there. Like when Dante has oh. no newspapers and goes and takes every fucking single newspaper out of the thing and ends up still getting, does he get his quarterback? Well, the there's end? like a quarter left on top or oh. something like that. So <laughs> okay. yeah. Like there's shit like that, that feels really true to life and lived in. Yeah. Well, and of course he was still working at both the quick stop yeah. and the RST. That's the thing that that blows as much shit as I'm like you. I, I feel that some of the staging and some of the acting in this thing is really yeah. woof. Yeah. Um, I mean, they shot this thing over 21 consecutive nights between the hours of 11 p.m. and 4 a.m. Yep. Smith would get two hours of sleep if he was lucky mm-hmm. and then would have to open the store and, and work all day. Yeah. And he did that for 21 days. And then continued working at the video store while they were editing the movie. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this really is, I, I do love the dedication and, and, uh, well, yeah, I love the rags to riches nature yes. of it. You know, the, the DIY, the, you know, make your own fortune sort of story behind it. Yeah. Um, so I've got to, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a question before this movie. Had you ever heard of snowballing? No. Okay. Um, this movie introduced me to a lot of interesting concepts. That's fair. That's fair. Um, that Again, is, I was I was seventeen when I saw it. I think I probably was a little bit older. Um, but that that uh, I find that quite gross. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> I don't like the thought of that at all. No. Uh, and get on Urban Dictionary. You can figure it out for yourselves. <laughs> Or watch the she tells you in the movie how it. Oh, happens. she yeah, yeah she totally yeah, explains yeah, yeah. it. Um, although th- so this brings up there is it's around this moment of the snowballing and the thirty seven dicks that they they bring up. I think he's painting her nails, and he's talking about uh, guys coming versus girls coming. Yeah, and it's very uh, it's very male the thought. But I yeah, it's a conversation that hasn't aged well. No, but and but it's, it's funny, also though. really badly delivered. It's. I think it's some of the worst delivered dialogue in the movie. Uh, but I. I do. I, there is something about the. Uh, you know, like. You know how it's easy to make a guy come, and it, it's it's hard to make a woman come, and it's like. Uh, th- 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 these are stereotypes that we have to break. Yeah. <laughs> like we we have to get past this. It's like it's like you. Know, it, it seems as, as archaic as like. Oh, you, you're having a bad mood. You must be on your period or something. Like, it, yeah, it's are, definitely one of those. Are we are we still talking about that? Is yeah. that a thing? Um, and this wasn't that long ago. This is 1993, yeah, 1994. Yeah. Um. Uh. I, I one of the things I really like is that um, Jeff Anderson, who was not really an actor at all when they did this movie, refused to say the titles of the movies in front of the little girl. So if you can tell, there's a slight cut where they zoom in a little bit closer to him and. They're no longer in um, over the shoulder. I I, I would find that kind of hard to say those titles in front of a yeah a, like w- who was blatantly a child yeah. in the movie. And well, I I don't know about you. Jeff Anderson's my unsung hero. I'll go straight into it. I think I think he is the best thing in the movie. I, I love I love the I I his character is atrocious. I, sure, the the things that come out of his mouth are absolutely horrific, and yet somehow so compassionate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in a, in a, in a way. He, well, he's, I also think he's the best actor in it, if I'm honest, because every everybody has their wooden moments in this movie. Yeah, it, it's especially it's, especially Brian O'Halloran. He, there's a couple of moments where he really flubs some shit, and I don't know if it's a obviously not a lot of money. 
shooting on, on old black and white 16 mil film stock because they had to. I mean, I, I get it. You don't have a lot of takes, but fuck, man. I really, the, the older I get and the more I look at it, I'm like, man, I really wish you'd gotten some better performances out of this people. And again, you've got to put that down to the lack of resources, lack oh, of sure. money, first time director. And and I, I do think, I think maybe, I'm, I'm going to guess here, but you know, uh, uh, Brian O'Hallen was doing a lot of local regional theater stuff. Yes. Yeah, and, he was. He was a theater actor. And it, I think maybe just being on film, maybe he thought he was still kind of in a play because it is a different, like, it has to be a different kind of acting going from stage to, to screen. Um, what I will say though, is I, the long takes while they were um, a matter of necessity and, and money and everything, the long conversations in one take, I loved. It is impressive. It, it reminded me a lot of the, why, why I like a lot of um, like the before movies that Linklater did. I love, I love long, uninterrupted, interesting conversation. Well, it's, it's very Altman. I mean, we mentioned yeah. Altman. Yeah. Just a minute. Ago, yeah. But yeah. I, I, yeah, there's something about both the scene where um, Dante and Caitlin are kind of reconnecting and then the scene where um, Veronica is being told by Randall that, you know, he's kind of over you. Those are really long yeah, takes. Yeah, they're, they're three, four-minute takes. And I, I, I it, 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 in, in a way, the, well, some of the performances are wooden, I, I agree. It is a dedication to the to the memorization of those lines and just being in the moment. Like, yeah. that's... That's a lot of shit to memorize. Kevin Smith is a wordy writer, so yeah. 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 Um, as, as opposed to to Jason Mewes, who they just got what they could get. Yeah, yeah. Had to had to be drunk for a lot of it because yeah. of nerves. Yeah, yeah. That's. Yeah. I think I think he made them like clear the sets for, for the, the dance for the dance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and of course the 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 Bo- Silent Bob speaking was yes was not originally uh, jay was supposed to deliver that line about the lasagna and just couldn't get it right couldn't do it so yeah it's that created that out of again out of necessity that creates this fun little thing that trickles down throughout the whole u.s universe where bob gets you know a couple of lines yeah or chasing amy a whole fucking monologue yeah um jeff anderson is not my unsung hero but i do think he's great in this movie yeah um my my unsung hero is scott Mosier. Um, because I don't, because Kevin Smith, you know, of, of all the movies and what happens, I mean, we know him, we, he's silent Bob and he, he writes and directs these movies, but like not just in their careers, but also on this film, like Scott Mosier really did a lot. Um, well, he plays three different roles in it. it he's in the, yeah, he's in the movie. He's, he's the producer. He's helping fucking sell it. And, um, I, I, I really give him a lot of credit and he doesn't seem, he's very humble about it. He doesn't seem yeah. like he doesn't, I don't think he wishes he could be more on the forefront or whatever. He seems like. Yeah, we did this thing. I, I, I we made a promise. Whoever was going to make their movie first, we would do it, and he wrote it. Yeah, wasn't it? He, uh, so they went to film school and they separated, and they said whoever finishes a script first, I'll come and produce it, and you direct it, or was it something? It, it was, it was some kind like of that. arrangement but, but, like that. But uh, Kevin Smith dropped out after a year. Yeah, and he stayed in. Um, and that was that was part of it too. Was that I think I think I think Kevin had more time to go and and prep and plan and write. Um. And I, I do love just the, as a concept of writing what you know, writing these scenes to be shot at the quick stop, at the movie store. Like, that's that's great. Yeah, just shoot what you know. Yeah. yeah. I, it really, I mean, it really helps. And and clearly, there's, a, again, that familiarity, that lived-in sense, that, that everything seems believable when you've been somewhere long enough, you see a lot of things. I like, I, I liked and didn't like when they talked about like the different kind of customers, like the stuff with the, the, the woman looking for the milk, which 
having worked at Hagen for like four years, I totally believe that one. The perfect carton of eggs, I was harder. To, well, the whole thing—it's—it's it's, it's not about a perfect carton of eggs. It's about saying that guidance counselors are worthless pieces <laughs> of shit, <laughs> and they are. Um, I remember if you remember our guidance counselor at Stanwood High School, but yeah, they were fucking useless. I, I don't at all. Okay. Yeah. I, um, can I can I make a request of movies though? I don't want to hear anybody say, "If you do something, fill in the blank, I'll kill you." Um, I don't believe it anymore. And it sounds he he says uh, Randall says at one point if you break his heart I'll kill you yeah no you won't no you won't you won't and and I I really don't like hearing people say it anymore because I don't believe it like there are a few times where I'm like okay I get it but like the if you touch a hair on her head I'm like okay I, you're angry I I gotcha I gotcha but I I just I kind of get sick of that trope yeah I don't I don't I don't want it in movies yeah anymore. I can't disagree with that. I mean, I've just got, I just feel like I've got like little conversation things. You've, like all, I, you've all just, you've just got a, a series of lines. A series of things. Like, like, um, as much as I might like to play hockey, fuck no, I'm not playing it on a roof. That seems stupid as all shit. Yeah. Well, and I love that they also bring, they, they bring one ball. <laughs> I do love that. It basically is just the guy coming up, knocking him down and fucking smacking it as far away well, as he can. Well, what's great, we talked about Mosier. That's, I love that that cut, that's Mosier yelling at himself. Yes. Because he plays the angry hockey playing customer and, and the, he plays Willem. The, yeah. The the idiot man-child, a.k.a. Snowball. Indeed. Indeed. Um, dude, I, I don't even know. I feel like it's just like a series of... Can I change my answer on Unsung Hero? No. Olaf is my Unsung Hero. <laughs> That that exchange, I think, is just I don't know what it, it's again. It's just one of those stupid three. You don't need it. It doesn't go anywhere. It's not like we go to see Olaf play at the end of the movie. Like he's on his yeah. way to New York because yeah. they set it up like that. That could be the end of the movie or something. I don't know. Like we're going to see Olaf's band. Fuck your Yankee blue jeans or something. Well, shit. now we should talk about that, about the original end of the movie, mm. um, which was ridiculous. And I'm glad they didn't use it. I, yeah, it, so if if you haven't seen it, um, the movie ends the same way, just plus a scene where a guy in a hoodie comes to rob the quick stop and shoots Dante, and he dies. And it's really badly shot. Yeah. Um, and part of it, too, is to really sort of exemplify the I wasn't supposed to be here today and look what happened. Um, and it was one of the early, uh, one of the early um, backers of the film, the guy who ran one of the, those small festivals um, who said, just, just cut that out, cut it where you Randall know, says you're closed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is, I, and I've seen both. Um, I, yeah, you have to end it there. Yeah. It, it, it at that point, it, like if it ends with the, with the, the, the murder, it's like, Oh Jesus. Well, what, okay. the other thing that I appreciate is that Miramax kind of let Smith figure that out himself. Yeah. They, they were like, if you want it, they they said, if he had wanted to keep it, we would have put it out with that ending. But, you know, he did the right thing. We're all glad that he did. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all are. And yeah. everybody. Because yeah. that's... And I don't mind a bleak ending, but it's just... Well, yeah. And it also ties back. Randall talks about how much he loves bleak endings. They have the conversation about... Return of the Jedi versus yeah. Empire Strikes Back, which I think is the best conversation in the movie. Not Empire and Jedi specifically, but the contractor. Yeah. 
the the independent contractor. You and know. I, I know that personally, politics does play uh, a role in the jobs that I take. Yeah. Uh, and just all the build up to it as well. The guy like overhearing it and talking about you know working on baby faces, bambinos at his house, and I knew the risks involved because I know who the client was. But I also love the uh, what a, what a stormtroopers know. Stormtroopers don't know how to install a toilet main. They just know killing in white uniform. <laughs> <laughs> That's an excellent piece of dialogue. I um I do think it's funny that uh. Jeff Anderson and uh, Lisa Spoonauer got married in real life. Oh, did they? Yeah. Um, it was years after uh, this came out. Um, it didn't last long. Apparently, she died recently. Oh, wow. Um, That's she, sad. She, she OD'd. Wow. Yeah. She can't have been that old. No. It was, she was in her 40s. Oh, wow. Um, well, that's depressing. Sorry. Well, I'm sorry. I just, I, they met on set and they, it was, well, funny because Jeff Anderson had a, a uh, with the two female leads, had a, had a wide, a very different relationship with both of them because obviously he met Lisa on set and they became a couple and then they got married eventually. Um, uh, what's her, uh, God, I can't think of her first name. Um, Veronica, uh, or not Veronica, sorry. Um, a uh, Marilyn Gigliotti, um, apparently thought he was a shitty actor. Did you, did you hear this at all? No. Oh, okay. So there's a bit on the documentary. Well, I mean, I, I've, I've watched the document, but I haven't watched it in, in well, some time. So what's it? So here's what's funny about it is, so Jeff Anderson goes that the first scene that we were, I was shooting was the long scene, that long conversation. And um, she basically told him and Kevin Smith, I don't trust him as an actor. I don't think he's going to be able to do very well, which, of course, shook his nerves a little bit. And and he wasn't thrilled about it. And it sort of it, it had a contentious vibe on the set. Well, that makes sense because it took a hell of a lot of effort to get him to come back for Clerks 2, apparently. Well, what's funny, though, is that um, like Kevin Smith remembers this. Scott Mosier remembers this. So does Jeff Anderson. But if you when when she's when she when it, when she's asked about it, she goes, oh, I don't remember that. Oh I, oh, I couldn't have done that. And like, and she was like, I would have been a real bitch if I had done that. And I was like, well, it seems like a lot of people remember this happening. Even like Brian O'Halloran, who in the documentary is very much like, go with the flow. Like, yeah, this happened. It was tiring. He's like, yeah, that was, that was rough. <laughs> like, like he even, he even knew that this wasn't, this wasn't a good thing. <laughs> That's great. Um, by the way, I've only ever seen Jeff Anderson in Kevin Smith movies. Did he Apparently, have a, did he have like a career? He, he's been in some other stuff. He's also directed something as well oh okay yeah he directed a movie that that kevin smith produced oh and i think uh, i think jason muse is in it as well i didn't see it okay um, I, I i know that he's in zach and mary make a porno yeah because um, he's the isn't he the camera operator yeah yeah i like that movie a lot i do like zach i think it's fun yeah um but yeah you know sparks flew on the set and apparently Brian O'Halloran was a bit jealous because i think he liked her too oh. so but but not but i mean no. Brian O'Halloran seems like kind of like a, a just a lovable dud like, That's all right, yeah. but he got to make out with Rosario Dawson in the second. That's one, right. So I, I did not like the second Clerks. Really? Nah, man. I I do like the uh, how much they ra- uh, rail on Lord of the Rings. That is that is the best scene yeah. in the movie. That's great. I don't know. It's just it's got a. I love the audacity of it. I love that Randall doubles down on all his shittiness from the first movie. And I mean, I've only seen it once. It's been a long time. Yeah. Um, I just, I just, I, I, it's like some of it. I was like, I, am I allowed to find this funny? There was a lot of like, like they're really going there. Yeah. I particularly talk about what he, what he puts on the back of his shirt yeah, and says we're gonna take that back. I'm like, ooh, that's not good. But I don't know about that. Don't one. do that. Yeah, yeah. I chose not to say it for a reason. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I mean, I, I do. I don't even know. I, I mean, it just, it's just like you know, what, what bits and pieces do you like? Well, I mean, we're I, talking yeah. about. 
necessity things things being born out of necessity the the fact that they had to shoot at night mm-hmm. and so you can't have the shutters open so you come up with the there's gum jam, and that creates the the great line about a bunch of savages in this town which i i use that all the goddamn time oh well and I mean, also there, there's still there's still a lot of lines in in this movie that i quote on a weekly basis well i also i mean it also inspired the whole i assure you were open yeah. sign i think that's and, great and the shoe polish yeah because he had to use the shoe polish to make the sign so you know sh- fucking shoe polish smelling motherfucker <laughs> there's another one liz and i use all the time i don't appreciate your ruse ma'am <laughs> yes your ruse your cunning attempt to trick me I do enjoy um, when Randall goes to the better video store. Yes. Just basking in. in that in that the... was me. That was fucking oh, me. I, I woke ditto. up every morning because I, you know, I worked at yeah. that shitty little video store. I, I lived my life according to Randall. Like I woke up every morning. How can I be a little bit more like Randall? How can I, how can I be shitty to customers in a passive aggressive way? Because I fucking hate them. This job would be great if it weren't for the fucking customers. <laughs> There's another terrible line that I had to highlight. It's after they've had their their fight, which I, I, is a really great moment in the movie where they they have their cathartic moment after he finds out that he's you know Randall spilled the beans to to Veronica and, yeah. and has fucked up that relationship for him, and now the whole thing with with Caitlin is fucked up because she just fucked a dead guy. Yeah. And so they, they physically have an altercation and, uh, you know, Dante is bitching and moaning, which he does the whole movie. I, it surprised me just how irritating yeah. I found Dante on this viewing. Like, cause I just, I can't, I've worked with people like that since. Yeah. And I just, I don't have time. I don't have, I'm not, I'm too old and tired. I, I don't have the patience for you fucking people anymore. If you don't like the job, fucking quit. Cause you're not helping. Get the fuck out. You're not supposed to be here today. Yeah. You're not supposed to be here at all. Get the fuck out. Getting old and bitter. Anyway, there's a line where he's getting all pissed off at Randall. What do you do for an encore? Anally rape my mom while pouring sugar in my gas tank? <laughs> Which is just horrible, but kind of good. That is a barrage of imagery. Oh, man. I, I mean, it, for all of its its flaws and first feature discrepancies and, and, and things, it's... It is a very enjoyable movie. Yeah. I mean... And if you can get past some of the wooden performances, the dialogue is, yeah. in some places, utterly... It's just exceptional. Like I said, the, the fight between them, and he, he tells the story about how, you know, he's he's happy to just be complacent. You know, he doesn't want to disrupt the status quo. In fact, uh, he he wouldn't even lift his toilet seat one time when he was at the, the training potty in order to shit comfortably or something like yeah. that. I, It's funny, though, because I... And I'm not trying. I'm not trying to rush the the episode, but you know, if if asked, do I think this movie should be in the book? I do think it should be in the book, but you know, it's but it's funny though because Kevin Kevin Smith only has one movie in the book, and and I feel like I've made my point pretty clear about like movies being in the book because their first features like Badlands and whatever the first Spike Lee movie is. There's a lot or it's Slacker, like how is Slacker in the book, but none of the before movies are that. It kills me. Yeah. Um, well, I think this is. There's something a bit more inspirational than some other debut features with. Oh, sure, but but it's but. This is. I think it's in there to show you 
just what you can what you can do what you can do with so little no and i i, I agree I, I and again it, it it's part of me is just finding the the flaw with the title of this book and, and what is this book trying to do you know like do i think it's a do i think that clerks is a movie that should be studied and and in a way just praised for its its can do itiveness yeah absolutely absolutely but just looking back at kevin smith's filmography i it's not it's not my favorite um and and he's he's got some lows. He's got some real. Low. I didn't even I, have to see Yoga Hosers to tell you that that is probably yeah. a massive piece of shit. I don't even know what that is. That's it's part of it. Is is, is like his follow up to Tusk, where he's making these weird comedic horror movies set around like Canadian urban legends. I don't even think he's going to get the third one made. Okay, because of how poorly those two did. Um, but yeah, and and I it's weird because I, like I I I I adore chasing amy and dogma a lot i really like those movies i've been having a hard time with chasing amy of late i and i've 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 of all to his films that is the one that has aged the most poorly and see i i disagree and i i understand the concept of whether or not you believe that ben affleck is trying to change um well joey lauren adams it's got nothing to do with that oh what is oh. the performances in her fucking awful oh really they're, they're worse than the, this oh i disagree she is so bad the, i the, love her in it really i do oh she's so wooden ah uh, it ooh. feels like she's literally reading oh, her man. lines off a of cue cards i couldn't disagree more really yeah i really like that oh, movie. man i and like jason, it a lot and jason lee is uh jason lee is the quintessential kevin smith actor i i think he brings such a a suave slobbishness to his yeah. roles like there's a there's like it's it's like I can't believe somebody that disheveled has that much confidence. He does it in Mallrats too. I just like and yeah. I, it's, but it's also it's a performance that I it's just good enough. I I guess it's serviceable. It's not exemplary in any kind of way. Man, I and that's, I, and that's how I feel about most of the performances until he got with like professionals in Dogma. The first three, it's all, it's good enough. I like I really like Jason Amy, although I love I love I love Dogma too. Well, for me, Dogma is where he became a professional. Actually, started becoming an an I actor's can, director. But I feel like I can see that with with the casting in that, a lot of the work was done for him. Sure, I and don't I, feel like he's ever gotten a, a great performance out of an actor. I don't know that he has the capability to do that. I think his dialogue is great. I think that's what it rests on. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. His, his dialogue is is fantastic. I just don't think he's ever found the right person to deliver it well. I think that's Jason Lee. Dude. I really do. Yeah. yeah. I that's I, that's a stretch for me. Uh, whatever. Of 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 the non-professional of the people that were non-professionals at the time of the and Jeff Anderson comes across to me as as one of the better ones. And, and I, of course he gets all the best dialogue cuz Smith had written all that dialogue for, for himself. himself. Yeah. 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 And I, I do think maybe I my my tone would be different if if Jeff Jeff Anderson had done more of of Kevin Smith movies and I right. just saw him in things. But yeah. I think I think Jason Lee stepped into that kind of role. He became the Randall of the other like in Jason and, Amy and, that's, and in Mallrats. That's fair. Yeah. But I just can't get past the fact it's just it's just good enough. Ah, oh, man. I I just don't agree. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I, I like Jason Lee. <laughs> Did you like My Name Is Earl? Is that was that I show never, up your alley? I never watched All it. Right, yeah. yeah, I don't. I, I have What have you seen? Has he done anything lately? I haven't seen him in. No, I don't think. He, no, I don't think he has. Yeah, I think he's willingly not done stuff. Yeah, he's been off the radar. He's waiting for Kevin Smith to call. I think he's living off of that residual money. Yeah, I think he's just going like I'm. Well, good. I think he might be in Jay and Silent Bob reboot. 
Oh God, that would actually be kind of great. I I I want to see it, but it was one of those things where they they didn't get distribution. Like oh. Fandango distributed it. It came for, and went. Yeah, it yeah. Was, it was in theaters for like two nights. I might get in the middle of the fucking week. I might get ballsy and just you know rewatch the Jane's Silent Bob Strike Back and the other one and reboot. Yeah, because apparently it's essentially the same fucking script. <laughs> it just replaced bits of dialogue. <laughs> Also, I mentioned earlier that Caitlin had uh, cheated on him eight and a half times. You think that's a reference to Fellini? I don't, but I think that other people would see that and go, oh, yes, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a real, like, film school thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just like, you know, we went through the, the 14 circles of hell that yeah. are associated with Dante. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> IMDb, get your shit together. Oh, a last thought before we wrap up the soundtrack. This is a film for me where the soundtrack is just as much a part of the the fabric of the like the dialogue. It has it lends something to the identity of the film in the same way that something like American Graffiti or uh, or Almost Famous does. It just it feels so essential to them. That kind of early '90s grunge alternative. Yeah, I mean, again, hasn't helped the film age, but. Well, no, but I don't. I also feel like I don't. I don't want to see this film age, and you no. know, I, I want to see it set. I, I I love it's a bunch of like the flannel and 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 like Levi's and 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 tied shirts around. Like I mean, the backwards hats that weren't fitted that have the the the, the buckle like the, oh, the snaps. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It it really. I mean, this movie is clearly set in the early nineties. Yeah. Well, and I bet that that makes it a for especially anybody that was there making it. It must feel like a great time capsule. To yeah, be oh. able to go back and and revisit that. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I I have a hard time imagining that you don't if you were in it or a part of it you don't look at back at this film and just get the warm fuzzies. You know. Well, I I, t- I mean absolutely. I mean, if if for no other reason than just knowing like who thought this was going to be anything. Right. And look what it did. Yeah. That's that's amazing. Uh, well, that's why Kevin Smith threw everything. That's why he's in it as Silent Bob because he's like, if I at least I have at least I can say I'm in it. If yeah. I never get to make anything else, I have this this thing that I'm in with my friends and and people that I went to film school with. And yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, does this movie deserve to be in the book? Yes. Okay, I agree. Would Not you because it's a great movie, but because of the fact that I think that it can be inspiring, as I mentioned, to show how much you can do with so little. If you could replace this with another Kevin Smith movie, what would you do? Probably Dogma. Okay, I agree. I agree. Yeah, but but I wouldn't. I I would. I think I, this. I think this is the most important film in his filmography. I it, it yes it, in a in a hierarchical like yeah like what this did how it inspired and 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 basically it it spawned everything else like without yeah. Clerks obviously yes I get we don't get the other movies but. Yeah, I agree. I'm with you. Well, cool. It's the first time we've agreed in a while. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice. Yeah. You it's know. nice to be on the same page. Yeah. It's nice to not be contentious. Um, it's nice to not look across this table and not know who you're looking at. Exactly. <laughs> Feel shame. Um, I'm so sorry. Um, but anyway, we uh, we would always love to know what you think about Clerks. So uh, please hit us up on Twitter and on Facebook. You can listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, all the wonderful places where podcasts are available you can uh support the show at patreon.com slash a thousand one by one uh hit us up five dollar teal tier gets you uh a recommend so you can tell us a movie and we'll talk about it on the show and uh you know until next time 
I'm Adam. And I am Ian. And we will see you next week. Berserker!